everyone. Before we get started, we wanted to let you know about our venue consulting. We have broken up our offerings into four distinct needs, design, sales and client experience, marketing, and those all-important SOPs. You can take advantage of one or all of these tricky spots for your venue. If you want to learn more and get a few more details, head on over to hustleandgather.com to see how we can work together and reach your venue goals. All right, let's get to today's show. There are other things that I can find fulfilling. When you're an entrepreneur, oftentimes you kind of have a tunnel vision where you're like, okay, this one thing is the only thing that's going to fix me. But then when you can actually like examine yourself and think, wait, I have to actually think about some other stuff that might actually heal my soul or heal these holes. Welcome to Hustle and Gather, a podcast about inspiring the everyday entrepreneur to take the leap. I'm Dana. And I'm Jessica. Courtney is taking a sabbatical this season to focus on her personal life and family, but the show must go on. Luckily, Courtney and I have been supported by a community of honorary sisters throughout our careers, and Jessica is one of them. So this season, Dana will be joined by a new honorary sister each episode, and I'm honored to be one of them. And this year, we're talking with our guests about three important topics in the entrepreneurial journey, like team building, work-life balance, and how to recover from tragedy, both in business and in life. Last week, we talked with Jason and Megan Gilligan about when you and your spouse are both entrepreneurs and parents. Jason is the CEO and executive producer at Earfluence, a full-service B2B podcasting agency based in Raleigh, North Carolina, and his wife, Megan, is a sought-after business coach, serial entrepreneur, top-ranked podcast host, and international speaker. So this week, the two of us are talking about the lessons we learned from Jason and Megan about business and life and some of the mistakes that we've made along the way. Well, that was a great conversation with Jason and Megan. It's always so much fun to talk with them. I just can't believe like, it just always blows my mind that they're married and they're both entrepreneurs. I really think I would like murder my husband as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. I I think so as well. And just to spend that much time Mm -hmm. in a home Mm -hmm. working all the time with the kids. Especially how it started in 2020. Yeah. I know. I know. It's it's a miracle, but I mean it's it's amazing how successful all of it mm-hmm. is, and you know I I just uh, yeah that was a, a great combo. I know, and how they still speak so positively about each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they certainly use a lot of uh, great tools to yes. to get them where they are <laughs> for yeah. sure. Yeah. All right, so let's start off with your favorite overall takeaway. I think my favorite thing that they mentioned was the huddle, mm. the huddle, because that is, I mean, I I think. A key because obviously they, you know, have, you know, the, the, the coffee is, is one thing, but the huddle is obviously a time where they can truly come together and apply a scheduling, uh, meeting, mm-hmm. you know, for mm-hmm. both of them to get on the same page, literally on, on the same calendar right. where they're making sure that their work and their life mm-hmm. is, is going to be aligned Mm -hmm. for the week so that they don't have any communication mishaps. They're making sure that kids get picked up, work gets done, appointments don't get missed, and they're not, you know, just ships passing in the night. Yeah. So Yeah. I know. And I'm sure in that huddle, they probably do like schedule that intentional coffee Mm -hmm. and whatnot, which I think is so important. Yeah. Yeah, She actually talked about the huddle on one of her podcast episodes when she interviewed her therapist, Mm -hmm. I felt like. Yeah. And maybe she interviewed the therapist and then they who got on later or something, but we call it the state of affairs at our house. And it's not actually every week. It's every two weeks because every week is too much for me to commit to. (laughs) (laughs) 
it's it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. But yeah, I thought that was a really great yeah. takeaway. Yeah. Well, what what was yours? Mine was communicate what is in your head. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I feel like I've done better as I've gotten older, but I still for sure keep a lot inside my head. Yeah. And especially when you just talk about expectations. Yeah. Oh, that was pretty convicting because I always say like, oh, I have such high expectations. You know, no one can achieve them. And the truth is, I don't know because they don't know. Mm-hmm. Like maybe they would if I actually said them out loud. Wouldn't it be great if they could just read our minds? I know. I know. Um, It'd be amazing. It'd be like a millionaire. Yeah. Maybe they'll develop like the technology for that. If the AI could just be mind reading. Actually, I don't know if I would. No, I don't think I'll say there. But it was so funny (laughs) because we were, I don't remember when it was, we were talking a couple months ago. And you know how like you're thinking about something and then it makes you think about something else and something else. And then somehow Mm -hmm. you're on this like totally different thought process from where you originally, you're like, how did I get there? And you can like trace it back. Mm-hmm. And I, I was in the car one day and that happened. And I was like, do you ever just, you know, that happened? And he's like, I mean, sometimes. And I was like, but don't you have like a constant like dialogue in your head? Like of like things you need to do mm-hmm. or like things that are going on or, and it's not like, maybe it's not dialogue, but there's just a constant like Rolodex. Yes, of going. course. Yeah. I mean, and he I just do. thought it was the craziest thing he'd ever He doesn't heard. have that? No. Yeah. I was I, like, your head's silent? That is fascinating. When is it silent? I've never had a silent moment. It's constant, constant yeah. pitter patter, right, or or chatter, or whatever yes. it is. Because yeah. even listening to like your favorite song, I mean, you can maybe like that's in your head. But yeah. even sometimes listening to music, it's something I have be to said. consciously think about not thinking. Yes, for sure. <laughs> right. He's like, okay, I'm going to zone out for a minute yeah. or whatever. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, well, what a life. That so all that be. to say, if he could read my mind, it would probably be like never ending. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, I can't cipher I can't. all the information that's coming at me right now. <laughs> if the computer would break. Right. I'd be like, overload, overload. Yeah. That's true. But I thought that was a great piece of advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's in yeah those, were, those were really good takeaways, mm-hmm. I thought. For sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about like personal? Well, I thought that, I mean, and I, I know that I personally carry this mm-hmm. 100% of the time. But the resentment bucket mm-hmm. with it having holes, mm-hmm. like a bucket having mm-hmm. holes in it, and mm-hmm. and Jason's, you know, you know, his bucket being full and her her bucket, you know, having holes in it, like and then her just having a, a resentment bucket, like just the examples of the buckets, mm-hmm. like yeah. just them talking about that. I mean, I I completely mm-hmm. I relate to that 100% and just having the resentment bucket Mm -hmm. and just kind of piling things into it constantly. And then also having the bucket with holes and just feeling like I constantly need things to go in it. And then, and yet it always feels like it's emptying Mm -hmm. out, you know, just, I don't know that, that, that really, really resonated with me and, and how, when you're an entrepreneur, it's just, Mm -hmm. It, you know, whether it's you feel like your your life is just, you're just constantly getting sucked dry mm-hmm. almost, mm-hmm. Um, whether it's emotionally or it's just, you know, you're physically tired and whether it's your your partner in your life or your business partner, whether or not they get that or not. I mean, just hearing her talk about that, I, I mean, I just I completely related mm-hmm. to it, understood it. I got it. She was like just yeah. talking to me yeah. at that moment. I totally agree. I'm so curious. Why do you think And this is a generalization for men. Like men don't have holes in their buckets. Like why can their bucket always be full? 
I don't know. Do you think it's like societal ways that they've been kind of conditioned that way since it's, birth? It, I don't know, but it's like, it's interesting because I, I do think I am like my husband. I think my kids and me are the ones that fill my husband's bucket. It's what mm-hmm. keeps him happy. It's like I am and our family is a source of his happiness and his mm-hmm. peace. But it's not, that's not obviously that he right. cannot be that for me. Or do you think that there's just constantly a lot of bucket filling? Uh, yeah, maybe. Like maybe you were always like overcompensating. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I would love to examine that. I know. A little bit. I wish I would have asked Jason why his bucket was always full. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Why is your bucket always full of water? (laughs) Let's text him right now. (laughs) Why is your bucket full of water? (laughs) He'd be like, what? What are you talking about? (laughs) I've already forgotten. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, I totally like, I would have to say it's honestly the same. Like I really, really resonate with that. And, And even just the concept and- because, I mean, I know Megan, not as well as you know Megan, but I wouldn't say that she is an overly lonely person. Like, she has lots of friends. You see it on social media, and I think that there is this misconception of having, like, deep connections and things that really fill you up as opposed to just, like, you know, my husband always thought, like, oh, you went to that networking meeting. You must be, like, re- re-energized. I'm mm-hmm. like, no, like, that was me on for three hours. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's exhausting. And it that is. didn't fill me up. It's difficult to smile you know? and be happy or act happy or and know what to act say engaged and, like, and act interested. Yes, I know. For that. Act interested. That, that <laughs> which sounds terrible. It sounds terrible. It does. I mean, and it is interesting 90% sure. of the time. But 10% of the time, it's not. Well, and there's just always this, like, we just had Bites and Pints. Mm-hmm. And it was super successful. Tons of people. And there's, like people you know that you haven't seen and you know you have to go have that conversation with them and you love the conversation. It's not anything, but you're in your head, there's a list of things that you have to do and you yes. you have to connect with and you yeah, have you, to network You need with. to meet new people. Yes. You, I mean, because I, I, I go to the network me, networking meetings and I feel like I have to meet someone new because I'm not going to just talk to people right. I know because it's not the point of That's these things. That's not the point of these things, yeah. You know, I want to meet a new person. Mm-hmm. I want to to talk about the organization to someone. Mm-hmm. I, want, I mean, it was a right. fundraiser, so right. clearly I want to learn about right. what we're raising funds for. Right, right, <laughs> so, all the things. All those things. But yeah, I mean, it's just overwhelming to have to be on yes. 100% mm-hmm. of the time. I think that like other thing, I don't know if you feel this way about, I'm more of an empath of a person, but like what I realized as talking with my therapist that would drain my bucket so much and I didn't realize it was I was with friends who were going through hard times and I wanted to show up for them. Like that was what I wanted as who I am, that's what I want to do. But there's a limit to that because I was around people that were going through such hard times and I was taking on so much of that, that like there was nothing left for me. Like, you know, it just completely emptied everything. Cause I'm, I just wanted, I don't, I don't know. I just felt for them. Like I felt like I was like mm-hmm. so emotionally connected to that, even though none of it actually had anything to do with me. Right. And so it was interesting, like thinking about, okay, what fills my bucket, but also what are those holes and can I put a plug in them? Mm, Sure. Yeah. Like, is there something I can plug up so the water's not going down so quickly? Right. Yeah, I know. And like, what is purposely, am I doing things to purposely drain my bucket? Did I punch my own hole in my bucket? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Am I (laughs) self-sabotaging? Am I sabotaging myself? We normally are. (laughs) I know. I know. And I think that sometimes that is what we do. I think maybe, maybe the reason why Jason's bucket is full or I'm I'm using Jason as an example. Sorry, Jason. (laughs) Um, But why certain individuals' buckets remain full perhaps is they're good at compartmentalizing the bucket. 
You yeah. know, I mean, I think sometimes if I am able to be better with my bucket, I I can try to compartmentalize it. But that gets difficult too, mm-hmm. because then essentially all you're doing is just damming it up. Right. And then w- once that dam breaks, then it's just a uh, hold I'll on your hat. <laughs> hold on your fucking hat, you guys. Yeah, right. <laughs> Watch out what happens. It's just going to explode. The right. bottom's just going to blow out. Right, right, right. But yeah, yeah, I mean, life's hard. It is. But I thought it was a really good visual to think about. Yeah. Like who should be pouring into that? Mm-hmm. What should I try to, you know, yeah. plug and say, like, this isn't. It was really, really, I felt seen Mm -hmm. to hear that I'm not the only person who, I don't know, feels like you have to get filled by Mm -hmm. your spouse or by a a certain individual, but then you kind of have an aha moment where you're like, no, wait, there are other things that I can find fulfilling, you know? And when you're an entrepreneur, oftentimes you kind of have a tunnel vision Mm -hmm. where you're like, okay, this one thing is the only thing that's going to fix Mm -hmm. me. But then when you can actually like examine yourself and think, wait, I have to actually think about some other stuff that might actually heal my soul or heal these holes. Right. You know, so. Well, I think a lot of it's too, like, especially if you were raised in any type of like religion, especially Christianity, that's like the basis of it is that you're, as a woman, you should only be fulfilled by your spouse and your family. Like that Mm -hmm. is your, that is your job. And by God, obviously. But, you know, and I think that it's so damaging to to me. Like, that's what I, like, kind of deconstructed from all that. I realized that that's not actual, that's not enough, you know. And and it's it's been so interesting because Ada asks me these questions all the time. Like, and she's, I think she's just trying to find a meaning in life in some way. Mm-hmm. She will ask me, like, you know, like, why do you do things? What's your purpose or whatever? And, and I would tell her, and she looked at me, I was like, do you want me to say you? Is that, like, what your expectation is? And like there's definitely a part of it like I want you to be successful in life I want you to have these things I want to have these experiences with you and I you know want you to be happy healthy whatever successful but that's not my driving factor because Mm -hmm. that wouldn't be fulfilling to me you know there's a part of it that is fulfilling to me because you know I can provide for you and your brother but it's always interesting to think about why we have those notions I think it's really rooted into like this. Have we been brainwashed? We have been. <laughs> because I, I, I really do think we have. I do yeah. think it's just been this societal thing. And I think it's based on just fallacy. I think it's, I mean, claim the patriarchy, whatever. But I think it's based on trying to not It's all allow, the horses. It's all the horses. Yes. <laughs> not allowing women to recognize like what they're actually capable of, you know? <laughs> right. I know. Sounds very like anti-men. I'm not anti-men. No, no. They're all wonderful. Not. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Okay. We right. need them. <laughs> <laughs> you do need them to procreate. That's correct. <laughs> okay. What about your business takeaway? I feel like that was a tougher one to come up that with. That was, yeah. yeah. But I think the biggest thing is, I mean, and it can be a business as well as like a, a, a personal thing, but to say it out loud, to communicate it out loud rather than holding it in, whether it's a business idea, um, you know, a, a not necessarily a fleeting thought, but if it's something that you think about rather than letting it fester inside of you, actually saying it out loud and communicating it, whether it's something that may have happened certainly at work, if there was a miscommunication, just actually communicating it at work, at home, and working through the problem when it happens rather than creating your own narrative mm-hmm. and developing it into something way more than what it is. 
you know, for instance, when we were talking about the, hey, you know, I didn't go get to the toilet paper mm-hmm. when it wasn't an actual right. big deal, right. when, you know? So that I thought, you know, you can make that into uh, something, you know, for your business mm-hmm. because, you know, there are instances where, you know, you create a bigger issue for your business than it needs to be, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's um, interpersonal relationships with your employees mm-hmm. or, you know, I mean, the thing about being an entrepreneur that's so difficult sometimes is essentially you're a guidance counselor. You are. Oftentimes I find that I am a, uh, a high school principal. <laughs> I'm a, a guidance counselor. Mm-hmm. I'm a cheerleading coach. All of the all above. The <laughs> all the things. I hold hands. Yes. Hold hands. Uh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. but, you know, if you can talk through it and mm-hmm. actually not create the uh, your own story, perhaps it might alleviate the drama yeah. later on down the road. For sure. So Yeah, and I think that's like just a good rule of thumb in general. Like we have a good number of employees that we don't see very often because they're contract employees and they'll do something and it just makes me so mad. And I just, and then I build this narrative like, oh, they don't really care. They're like, they don't really want to be here or whatnot. And, it, and then I get in front of them and I have a conversation with them and I realize that is nothing what it mm-hmm. was. Yeah. And there's something about Especially if you have like a miscommunication over a text message or an email mm-hmm. about oh, yeah, putting that, it down yep. and picking up the phone mm-hmm. or going walking over to their desk and mm-hmm. having that conversation, it makes such a difference. Yeah, text is text is the worst. The worst. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely yeah. worse. It's one yeah. of the rules we have with our kids. Aid is the only one who has a phone that if you are fighting with a friend, you are not allowed to do over text message. Yeah, yeah, because you insert your own tone, yep. you insert your own agenda, which doesn't right. ever exist half yes. the time. No. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah I've, I mean, one. I've really, I've gone sideways with those yeah. before. <laughs> Me too. For sure. Like, what did you mean by I know, this? Like, you know, like, no, I mean, you can completely change uh, the tone of, yes. I want to stop. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. say, I want to stop. So many different ways. Yes. I want to stop. I want to stop. Mm-hmm. I want to stop. Yeah, you, know? right? I mean, you can say it so many ways, right, you know, like, right. well, what did you mean by yeah. I want to stop? I just said, I want to stop. I want to stop on the way home. Yeah. And grab I like want to stop recording this podcast. Yeah, right. You do? What? Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a really good, I thought yeah. that is a really good uh, takeaway. Yeah. Mine's a little bit similar, but and we've talked about this before is having that board of directors. And I love it that they are kind of on each other's because mm-hmm. I think it's really helpful to have another entrepreneur on your board of directors. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful as your best friend is, they're just going to tell you what you want to hear. Mm, um, yeah. And you need someone that can like speak truth and right. ask you questions and, you know, help you get to that realization. Cause even like, like Courtney, my partner, like she, like we don't always agree on it. And sometimes, well, sometimes we do agree on it. And I'm like, well, let's just see what else is, if this is a good idea. Let, let's, let me right. call X or whatever and figure exactly. out, you know. Even if it's like, you've already made up your mind. Yeah. Well, well, let's let's still talk about it. Maybe it's a conversation. Like that reassurance. Yeah, that you're yeah. taking the right stuff. Oh, well, let's go over all the pros and cons regardless. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to. I just need to hear it out loud. Yes. And go over everything yeah. and hear you disagree with me. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, and sometimes hearing a bad idea too is what gives you a good idea. Mm-hmm. Like. Right. Right. Sometimes someone says, "Oh, you should do this." You're like, "No, mm-hmm. actually, I should." Here are all the reasons why you're wrong, but no, here are the reasons why I'm right. <laughs> yes. But thank you for pointing that <laughs> out. Thank you for pointing it out. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I'm going to ignore it. Anyway. Right. <laughs> Does that so annoying though? Like when you're on the receiving end of that, and you're oh, like, yeah. why did you ask me? Why did <laughs> yeah. I invest my energy yeah. into this? Yes. I know you're not listening anyway, right. but okay. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, okay. Uh, 
Okay. All Moving right. on to the fun part. Yes. Oh, where, where we've messed it up. Uh-huh. Oh gosh. Okay. So I have a really terrible example okay, of where right. I've, I've judgment. really, really fucked it up. Like I've messed it up bad. So my daughter is learning how to drive right now. Mm. Bless your soul. Yes. Everybody stay off the roads if you're in Durham. No, I'm just kidding. She's going to actually be the best driver in her house. She has busted me doing mm-hmm. this. And, you know, work-life balance is hard. But I will admit that I have been caught checking my emails mm-hmm. on my phone, on my little holder thing uh, mm-hmm. at stoplights, and maybe even while not <laughs> at a stoplight. I mean, I have to. Because I have certain email recipients that are on like the VIP, like, mm. you know, I'll, I'll put them on yeah. the VIP list right. and sometimes they'll come through and I'll read it and yeah. might Make reply. even reply. I <laughs> While know. you're driving. It's so it's bad. Fine. I know. It it's is so, so bad. bad. I do it too. It's awful. That's, that's uh, imbalance at its, yeah, for sure. at its peak. Because like the, the repercussions are drastic. Oh, it's horrible. And when my husband hears this, he's going to probably rip my license out from my my wallet. <laughs> oh, no. Or and he'll actually say, yeah, I've seen you do it. <laughs> so does, yeah, so does Ella bust you on it? Oh, yes. She mm-hmm. said, mom, you, you're not supposed to do that. Yeah. And she'll she'll say all of the illegal things that yeah. I'm sure that I'm doing. So Right. Mm-hmm. But I openly admit that I am not the best driver. So Yeah. <laughs> Well, so you really shouldn't be checking your email. No, no. So actually, everyone around me here in the Raleigh. Just stay off the road. Stay off the road. <laughs> no. I have totally done that. And I think it's all, it comes from a place of panic sometimes yeah, too. Like I you're, know. it's again, it's that internal thing. You're like, oh my gosh, I gotta, yeah, this, I gotta this, get this. I gotta get it done. I gotta do it. Yeah. There's only so many minutes in the day. Yeah. Only so many things. I totally hear you. That's okay. Well, I appreciate you being vulnerable about that. Yeah. What about you? I think I kind of alluded to it in the beginning, like in the podcast at some point, like for me, it was the, and I would joked about it, but like the resentment I had for Sam was so intense. It was so intense and it took a lot of years to like really, and, and it wasn't even that I resented him. I resented like his job. I resented his freedom. Mm-hmm. I resented the fact that I was afraid to spend money. Like I resented everything. And so I resented the business. I resented getting into it. And it just festered so much. Right, yeah. And it started with the thought that I owed our family something. Right. That yeah. like I have put us into a hole of some sort. Mm-hmm. And I am every day I am repaying my debts. That it was meant the whole situation. Yeah. Like that meant I needed to have the house clean all the time. I needed to be the one cooking dinner. I needed to be the one taking the brunt of the childcare. Like I didn't need to inconvenience him. Like mm-hmm. and if you know Sam, that's like doesn't track at all, but it was like this story I told in my head. And I think it, I think a lot of it had to do with the guilt of starting the business. Your love language turned into this resentment language in a way. Yes. It's, it's, it's crazy how that happens. It is. And it's weird, like being on the other side of it. And I think I've said this before on the podcast, but like, I think, I think last year was the first year I out earned him. And, and it's amazing. Like, and I thought, oh, I'd be free of it. I'd be free of that feeling that like, oh my gosh, look what happened? I've done. Like, mm. look what I've done. I have, you know, and it's not just out earning him a lo- little bit. It's a lot. And so it's like, look what I've done. Look at the things we can do now or whatnot. And I, and it still creeps in. Like, it's still that thought of I'm traveling. So I need to make sure I have freezer dinners for five nights, figure out how to get all the kids like to and from school, 
organize all that stuff to make his life easy. It's almost like a disease or like an illness. Yeah, I know. Uh, But it kind of goes back to um, like it's a societal pressure. I don't think it'll ever change. Uh, well, you can work you, on it. Did you ever watch that show movie? It was with Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver. It was called Marriage Story. There's this dialogue or monologue from Laura Dern. Uh-uh, I never saw it, it, but I, I think I, rem- I remember. It was was it a, they were divorcing? They were divorcing, yeah. and she's seen this lawyer, and she I'm totally going to probably butcher this, but her whole point is she's like like the world can accept an imperfect father, that the idea of this perfect father didn't even exist till like 30 years ago. Right, yeah. Because they were always meant to work and come home. They never mm-hmm. had anything to do with the kids. Right, like they yeah. weren't even in delivery rooms. Right, I yeah. mean, their their only job was basically to donate the sperm. Mm-hmm. And, and then bring home money. Right. But as a society, we can never accept those failings in a mother. Mm-hmm. Like, and she compares it to like in our, just things like our Judeo-Christian like society and, like even, you know, Jesus like was born to a virgin, mm-hmm. like who was perfect. And and she made this comment. She was like, and God wasn't even there. Like the dad wasn't even there. Like he was absent. He was gone. Like, and that's just what kind of what our the way we mirror our mm-hmm. society on or whatever. And it was like really fascinating actually. Mm-hmm. It's a very yeah. powerful monologue. But but it seems like they've created like such a great balance and they're kind of pushing up against that norm. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted to say to them too. And you were talking about the girls, like what a great example they are showing their girls, not just that you could be an entrepreneur, that you can, you can be a mom and entrepreneur, not that you can do it all perfectly, but you can, you can still do it. Right. Well, and that, and, and really support each other yes. fully. You but know? for them, this is the type of partner you should have in your life. Whatever partner who they end up with, like this is what your partner should look like. Someone who encourage you to be an entrepreneur, someone who encourages you along the way, who takes time for you, who's intentional, who does their share of the work and, you know, and is present. Like, and I always say that that's almost to me so much more meaningful than like showing your kid, oh, you have great work ethic, whatever. It's like, let me show you what a healthy relationship looks like and how you can be your best self is by being with a partner that allows you to be your best self. Yeah, I agree. I know. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It is to watch them. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm so I'm, I, feel, I feel lucky to have them as friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You are so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell them that okay. later. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. That was a great episode. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you so much for being here. I feel like I've adopted into the. Hustle and gather family. Always, always. There's been so many. It's been neat doing this with other people, but it's been so beautiful at the same time to like really recognize like how well supported we are. And well, Courtney has told me that, you know, she and I are kindred. You guys uh, are spirits. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we were bed buddies. You were. Yeah. It's like Courtney's here. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Thank you. To learn more about our hustles, visit us on the gram at CND Events, at the Bradford NC, at Anthem.house, and at Hustle and Gather. And if you're interested in learning more about our speaking, training, or venue consulting, head to our website at hustleandgather.com. To learn more about the University Club, visit us on Instagram at UClubNC or on Facebook. You can also learn more about us on our website at universityclubnc.com. 
And if you love us and you love this show, we'd be more than honored if you left a rating and a review. This podcast is a production of Earfluence. I'm Jessica. And I'm Dana. And we'll talk with you next time on Hustle and Gather.